Hey guys, welcome back. We're at episode 10, season seven of Alone. And we're on pins and needles trying to figure out what's going to happen with our last four participants. And I know we're all anxious mm. to dive into some of the content. But before we do that, let's uh, take on this quote. Dan, can you lead us in? Yes, yes, I can. Uh, fate leads the willing and drags along the reluctant Seneca. Blake, you got any, uh, you know much about Seneca? Who was well, this yeah, first Seneca? of all, yeah. Is uh, that a chewing tobacco brand? I've heard that, that before. <laughs> but. Um, haven't heard of that, no. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's... Is it scholicism or is it stoicism? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seneca was a uh, early founding father of scholicism, I believe. Um, yeah, that's right. He, was, he began he dipping in back in big what, old the 17th dip. century. He had a big wad in that. Yeah, 17th. This is we're talking Roman times here. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I'm a big fan of Seneca. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of mic drop quotes. Uh, mm. I hadn't heard of this one before, but uh, I think it uh, fits well with the episode. You know, the uh, the theme from my perspective was it's all about your attitude. Right. And that that was kind of mm. coming through with a bunch of different characters. And the quote is saying fate leads the willing and drags along the reluctant, meaning fate's happening anyway. It's, it's your choice how you get there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your attitude is going to determine how you deal with what will come. The and, is going. You can choose to get on or not, but... And I got to say, I continue to be so impressed with Callie. Um, she's, you kind of lead the episode with her. And she's still, you know, you see all these other characters, they're just, you know laid up starving dying she's still kind of playful you know with the parka mm -hmm. and you know yeah kind of running around acting like a bear just so positive I, i've never seen someone this positive this late in the game yeah, having fun. Not really, yeah and it's eight degrees and you can tell i think that she talked about it she's out of her element here right she is not super into the cold um a lot of the people we you know, see have made their homes in cold areas, but she's one who kind of moves around based on the weather. She likes sort of not being tied down, but she kind of goes towards warmth. She calls herself a desert rat. Um, so the ability to persevere, change your attitude and dive in, in that type of a circumstance is pretty indicative, I think of her resilience overall come to think of it just real quick has there been a scene with her in it that she hasn't been that she's expressed any level of negativity at all I think kind I of at a distance she has i mean she was frustrated by her drop zone right and her inability to oh there was that that's true that's true there was that early on problem yeah but she's working through it she was frustrated last episode right she busted her face up and the danger she had to put herself through to get to a decent potential fishing spot you know felt probably unfair but her response wasn't 
I'm going to sit on my hands, but I'm going to roll with it. Right. She's going to lead, right. That's going to, that fate is going to lead her along rather than drag her along. Well, I was super impressed also with how late it is and for her to be uh, out there hunting this porcupine, recognizing that she has to be adaptable to fish. She can't get to the fish. Mm -hmm. She's having dreams about, what was it? Butter and ice cream and 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 all these fatty things that she can't find. Yeah. And then to realize that she has a lead based on the tracks of a porcupine. It's just so... She's such a like inhabitant of the land at this point. It's so awesome. Right. And that's a pretty prickly situation by any measure, right? So. <laughs> wasn't well, a thorn in her side, though. No, it certainly wasn't. She surely, to- totally showed she had a spine, right? In, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, she had a lot of uh, a lot of sharp decision making that uh, <laughs> that led to a, a pointed outcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but nature really served it up. It was kind of a bump, set, spike type situation. Right? <laughs> yeah, totally. She. Uh... But yeah, her that that whole the whole trying to snare the porcupine and then coming back and attacking with the arrows after like risking it, you know, crawling in the hole. They they had all that suspenseful music, um, and like porcupine. I mean, like, I think she was taking a pretty calculated risk there. A porcupine isn't gonna like come and like rip your throat out or something. You know, she might get a quill, right. but even that's yeah. not pretty... the end of the world. I guess it is oh. bad. I, I don't. I don't know how no, you get a quill. It's pretty out. intense. They said they're like hypodermic needles almost, but that's no, that's the evolutionarily like how they make up for it. In other episodes, they see that they're so slow, right? They can't really. But what they do can't... when they're backed into a corner is they uh, they kind of like thrust their butt up back at whatever's coming near it. So if it had been oh, alive, yeah. and she was down in the in the crack. And then they they kind of like whap you with their tail. If you, she got a face full of those spikes, like that, that's probably game over because of infection. Yeah. Like you can't get yeah. out. Um, yeah, yeah, that's bad. But I, I think the bigger risk was probably getting stuck in that crack, right? She had all that gear on, all that, that yeah. parka and- Right, and you have to film everything too, which they, well, I did see though, you know, we're talking eight degrees. There's a- the one thing that you feel fast when it's that cold are your extremities. And when she was going in that crack, she was barehanded. I saw her snow covered hands pink from that cold. And you know, that, mm-hmm. that was hurting bad almost so instantly. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. So cold. It takes, True. it's quickly, you get to that pain point and it takes a long time to warm up uh, with those extremities when it's that cold. But anyway, she gets this, she gets the kill with this really clever, you know, going in one side and coming around the other and all that was so slick. But then to come back and for it to have those fats, what was it, the white spots on the liver. Oh, so gross. Do you guys, do you guys think when you saw that in your head, are you thinking, well, maybe you could just still eat like the fat of the thing? Maybe the meat's no good, but maybe the fat, or is it just as likely that if the animal's infected, everything's infected. What, what's your 
what was your sensibility on that? Our city, our city boy sensibility. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she said you could definitely tell emotionally she wanted to eat it so bad, but she was able to separate that out a little bit logically and sort of think about her knowledge and she had a pretty good idea about what the infection was. And they did confirm it later as this tularemia. Um, and it is quite contagious to, to humans. And I, I don't know how, you know, like E. coli and things like that, they respond to heat and you can neutralize it with cooking the yeah, just shit, cook out the shit out of it. <laughs> but <laughs> that didn't seem to be an option i guess so i don't know how this well she she definitely works. is much more knowledgeable on mm -hmm. this stuff than than i am proven to be over and over again throughout the show so it's like if she's not eating i'm, I'm trying to learn you know it's like mm -hmm. well can you eat she knew she she knew she just couldn't eat the liver which usually is one of the most nutritious parts right so she was mm -hmm. super excited about that liver and i guess that just meant she couldn't eat that part of it and uh, that's all it means or i didn't really feel well, like she was, was saying really organs in general she, she was saying she was yeah, saying the, the organs in general like they guess the, the muscle still good, mm -hmm. huh? yeah yeah the mm -hmm. meats was still good but yeah dan you're right oh. if i was in that situation and i saw that i would be like this whole thing is bad yeah and right I, yeah i wouldn't touch it you know remember that right. guy from a few seasons ago who drank that brackish water and went crazy <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good <laughs> I love that guy. He was having hallucinations in the tent. Yeah, he was like super sure <laughs> it was fresh Mayan water, symbols. and then he he was yeah. super sure it was fresh water, and he just was like going crazy off of salt. No, he, he like tried to he drank like gallon moss. He tried to like run it through some moss that he just like grabbed a handful. Work, yeah. and then yeah. he I, they they followed up with him, and he he was like in the hospital for a couple months. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, he was seeing Aztec and Mayan symbols on the t on the roof of his tent or <laughs> on but, the ceiling. I mean, conversely, right, that that your emotions can make you sort of think that you're acting wisely, right, when you're actually kind of trying to force it. And so the ability of Cali to show restraint, right, in a desperate situation, um, impressive right well geez i mean again if you, if you couldn't eat any of that animal she'd be totally screwed because she can't fish that's the only that was like her only lead on stuff like yeah. that she'd just be like okay well, well i guess i'm gonna go walk around and try and see if i can find some tracks can make, can make like a spine spaghetti probably right but it might not be so good <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it might not be <laughs> Um, well, who else? We had, uh, our boy Roland absolutely killing it still just more and Keeps more Roland with his creativity, right? He's getting woodsy again. I thought about his woodsiness because man, he just spots that squirrel, right. And just starts watching him and figures out that squirrel's done all the work for him, right? He's, he's built up a little mushroom cache there. He's gonna take mm. advantage, right? Ugh, that poor squirrel. Did it? Did he? I thought about bad? that too. <laughs> Squirrels just fucked. Yeah. He spent his whole house got weeks. Changed. The whole tree got chopped down, and then spent all of your weeks. Stash yeah. yeah. Great in that stash. Yeah. He robbed the stash house. It was kind of a. <laughs> yeah. 
do we presume that squirrel just dies after this or is that is that uh is there a resiliency to animals out there in the wild like that's not necessarily the end of the road i i think it might have because you know animals kind of push it to the max like nature says to push it to the max like that like the lion in the wild is like one kill away from being dead right if it doesn't get that it puts out all of its energy to try to bring down that prey and if it doesn't get it like it's it's kind of spent and that's it yeah yeah Um, well that was sad but again it just shows roland's a badass i guess more than anything is it's just like more he just just raking in more resources um yeah and, and then what are you going to do? Hey, where is... are we going to put those mush? Where are we going to put those mushrooms in a pocket? I don't think so. Right? We're going to build a fucking Moscow ox face pouch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> As you would naturally. Fuck a pocket, think, right? You know? Fuck a plastic bag. We're doing yeah. Moscow face pouch. So <laughs> it's like I'm going to double Which twist is very... this. I'm going to double twist this wire around here, right? To, you know, is that really that useful? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's very in the season, though. That's, that's <laughs> the thing is <laughs> just avant-garde fashion out there. <clears throat> yeah. Day 55, it's down to five degrees again. This is cold. Um, mm. He's talking yeah. a lot throughout the episode about winter has set in right that this is different this is a different feel things are slowing down right the stakes are up um like i was talking with callie earlier you know i if you've been in this type of cold it just smacks you right like it just arrests you like when you are in it like you take your gloves off for a second imagine I don't know, I've been in a situation where you're just trying to clean the snow off your car or something like that. And it's been five minutes and you feel suddenly this panic, right? From, I need to warm up, right? I need to get out of here. And yeah, and you move just so slow. You're small, especially like your fingers and stuff like that start to slow down. And he talked about, you know, taking like what an hour to put his clothes on or something. Right. Uh, which I don't think was much hyperbole. I bet you it's, I mean, it's probably like you put one thing on and then you go over and sit by the fire and like kind of toast off. And then you put another, you know, like just slow yeah. and methodical right. and just. And the, one foot you know, just the general lethargy that comes from a lack of calories and yeah. the discomfort of knowing what you're having to face promotes avoidance, right? Um, so. I do hope they show behind the scenes of like, I would be so interested to know because Roland's got that whole well, thousand pound muskox. How much of that is he eating every single day? Like, what does his actual diet look like on a daily basis? Breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. dinner, snack. Is he just like constantly gnawing on muskox jerky? And yeah, I kind of well, wish they showed a bit more yeah. about things like yeah what, what they eat in a given day or just their daily routine a bit more mm-hmm. you know like when they wake up and then how long they spend chopping wood and then it, it, they just kind of boring stuff yeah, yeah like show be about that but just kind of highlight you know how mundane it can be uh yeah. or just how how time moves so slow for them whereas for us watching the show they're just 
flying through stuff, you know? And it looks we like got, it's an action-packed got... thing, but it's really like punctuated action over long down periods of, you know, boringness, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get that. I mean, obviously we're at day 55 or something like that here when we're talking about Roland. So we're trying to get to a hundred days. We've got one episode left. Things are going to fast forward. And if we remember from the first season, you know, the rush to the finish was a crawl to the finish, right? In terms of just gritting it out in basically hibernation mode a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. No one's ever thrived to the finish seemingly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Not that I can think of. It's usually, you know, trying to fight anorexia and, um, yeah. you know, just sleeping and not burning calories. Right. So I liked, I liked, uh, <laughs> some of Roland's quips, uh, you know, he moved to Alaska by choice. That was something we talked about last time too, right? He's not a Red native Deb. Alaskan. He was in, he wanted to get away right from society. And he recognized that too, as kind of a selfish choice, right? That it put himself and what he wanted above his family. And he was sad that it kept him away from his mom and his mom, unfortunately passing away. And he hopes that the money that he'll get from potentially winning will allow him to kind of reinvest in relationships, be able to spend some time with his dad. But he also talks about getting some inspiration from his dad and the fact that he built a log cabin by himself in, in Pennsylvania and being in that wilderness type of environment, even though much less remote than Alaska. Um, and then he kind of talks about the naivete of kids right and just sort of focusing on their immediate needs and not seeing the big picture or not seeing sort of what the world has to offer whether it's the salvage savage wilderness of um you know the great north or the you know rat race of a, a metropolitan city um He's sort of jaded in that way you know the world's out to get you he has an antagonistic sort of view towards society and the world and that's yeah, it prompted like he got his, bullied or something doesn't his it? escape it's prompted his idea to escape but then through his escape he's found another type of battle right so he's not battling in the same way in terms of the rat race but he's still putting forth a lot of effort right to be able to persevere so what is that stoicism right what is given your condition more valiant is it to sort of create a challenge that's sort of an artificial challenge based on the place you put yourself in or is it dealing with the challenges that fit the circumstance you're in so interesting mm -hmm. well he again also yeah. says like i moved to the most remote part of alaska i could and again with this guy's skills and his lone wolfness it's just the perfect recipe for being being incredible at this show <laughs> and then he's also motivated properly but he wants the money for good mm -hmm. reasons to like reconnect with his dad and i don't know he just it just seems like the, the stars are aligned on on this character in particular but maybe maybe the last episode will say something else but we're talking about this in winter right now and 
I know I've had to go and sweep off the car and you guys have had to sweep off the steps and things like that with snowfall coming down. And so as I related to that, you know, Hey, he's make, made a home in rock house and he's doing some of those same things we all kind of have to do when the seasons change, right? He's out there, he's got a pine broom. It's not, Love that. not yeah. as easy as a snow shovel you pick up at home Depot, but he's, sweeping off the walk right and and making an igloo which is making incredible. an igloo yeah it's such a yeah. good idea so yeah i yeah. wouldn't have thought of that as snow as being a good insulator but of course you know he had a good adjective adjective too of the type of coal we talked five degrees he said kill you cold right like that talks about slowing down in terms of preparing but the time you have to survive is truncated big time right with uh the extremity of the environment that they're in hmm. i thought it was interesting I, I never would have thought that sweeping out your area too was actually kind of a safety thing because he mentioned you know uh, we're gonna pack the snow down and it's gonna get icy if we don't do that and then you'd imagine mm. you're coming and going from your place you slip I didn't really think of that i was i was at first when he was sweeping out i was like oh that seems like a waste of time waste of effort just waste wasting energy but once again he's always thinking <laughs> he's just one step ahead man he's just yeah, yeah just really smart on this stuff kind of leads us into kylan you know in the sense that she got lucky on having the ice come in early at her spot and give her the opportunity for fishing but sitting or hanging around ice is cold right and her use of the pine boughs to insulate and get off the ground, allow herself the opportunity to be out there longer. Um, similar thing, right? Mm -hmm. Saying, hey, you know, what can I do with what I have to make this more sustainable? Yeah. So, what did you guys think about her um, bodybuilder physique? she was tough yeah she showed those guns right those biceps she was jacked i couldn't believe display. it yeah he looked like <laughs> uh, one of those mma fighters how does she still have so much muscle after all this time so much muscle yeah it looks crazy yeah i mean she does she does have that serious swimming background so she had a and know, gymnast a lot of right? money certainly, in the bank certainly gymnast uh but what a journey right she was super competitor super athlete gymnast going for the olympics breaks her back what a traumatic injury yeah pivots yeah. says i'm going to do swimming makes it to like 11th in the country but then has a, a heart issue and ends up having to give it up but uh she's used to being at an elite level right and pushing herself beyond her yeah normal what most people mental, would do yeah. right you know you can't right, be at right. that elite level or seeking to compete at an olympic level without um being comfortable with self-deprivation and uh pushing your limits so well also remember she decided she thought she decided she was going to tap out goes ahead and collects all the snares films all of it i thought that was kind of cool to put that step in 
as like a buffer to like check yourself to see like do i want to go like go mm-hmm. kind of like break stuff down start to like unpack yeah it was and a slow sure mindful enough, exercise was- and it, it also focused her outside of herself right on hey i don't need to if i'm not going to eat these animals i'm not going to kill these animals so yeah i just thought that was cool that was like yeah. a good extra step but. and then once again she goes through her her kind of roller coaster mental cycle and then she comes out the other side like more resolved than ever mm-hmm. yeah right which is sweet that's yeah, been her strength her the whole time with it's easy to underestimate her based on what she verbalizes you know but the words versus the actions are a big contrast with her mm-hmm and she's been living in hell with that smoke. Oh my god, that was that would be miserable. Headaches, yeah. eye soreness, and I it just, just you can't clear it out. Anything you do, I don't she's like, like I'm feeling a little bit lazy. That, uh, I'm gonna have a camp day. I'm gonna hang out, and then your like relaxation time turns into hell time. Misery. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, would we be all terrible. know we've, we've we've hung out around a campfire, which is not an enclosed space, right? And when that's smoke hitting you in the face, like you are just not having a good time. Like it's terrible. <laughs> you're wincing. Your eyes are closed. You want to get up and walk away. Oh my god! Yeah, so. terrible. And to not be able to get outside of the house because outside yeah. the house is more misery. There's just you're yeah. just misery on misery. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, what, what do you guys think? Would, would you say that's accurate? Her comparison of this to the, uh, the Olympics, the survival Olympics? Uh, yeah. well, what I think is, is similar is like what I was talking about before. You have to push yourself farther than you think you can. You have to have a goal that's bigger than yourself, right? And believe that there's something deeper kind of to dig into. Um, so I think she's leveraging that. Um, but there's a lot of pressure, right? She's putting kind of the weight of her nationality, Canada on her back, the win, her family. Um, and she has these ups and downs, right? She has this great success last episode with grabbing a couple fish this week. She loses one. She has a little bit of a panic. She's, you know, they, we fast forward through what, yeah. We fast forward through what we're watching, but, but they show the actual time and it's like, whoa, two, three hours of just hanging out in solitude in the cold, waiting for that one moment to pull. Yeah, man. One moment to give that pull. Yeah. Um, She really did freak out there. She was like bouncing and pulling. And it's like, you got, there's gotta be, I, I feel, I feel like the thing I wanted to hear her say at the end of that was like, okay, I've learned I need to have like a steely resolve when there's a fish well, on the line. that's what's tough. Like in anything, calm, move quickly, you know, kind of in thing. anything in, you know, she's not a fisherman or fisherwoman by nature, right? Anytime your emotions get activated, you're going to go more instinct than skill, right? True. So she might've been all skill in how she set up for that catch. But then when the, thrill or the excitement of the bite came along you might throw that out the window and then just kind of react and sort of end up going against what's what's most helpful so that's tough 
Well, what do you think? Should we get on to Amos, our last character? Oh, yeah. Amos is our my... I've been pulling for him since the beginning, man. He's so... Uh, he, he's just got... He seems to have a real good soul, you know? He's like a simple man, you know? Yeah, like in everything he good. says, it's like, oh, I just need some fish. Just need some... Get these rocks over here. Do There's this, do that. You know, one just, last but, thing I wanted to say about Kylan in terms of the competitive that? nature was that we've got four participants left in this episode and she thinks about it logically and she estimates she's probably one of five. So she does a pretty good job like thinking about where she's at at day 57 50. when we last see her. Um, so I thought that was interesting too, that she has kind of a, she's not, underselling herself too much right and not overselling herself too much she's pretty spot on with um in her decision to keep going right what it's going to take um because we're just over the halfway mark i mean seven days after it's not i mean that's that's a mental hurdle to know that <laughs> halfway like if like i've been really into uh running recently and one of the things i definitely do not do is notice when I'm at like the quarter or the halfway, you don't start to, if you start to do those calculations, if I'm this tired at this point and I got this much to go, you just, you ruin yourself. So you gotta just- I, I remember from my, you know? my time doing competitive cross country and things like that, the coaches would always tell you, never look back. It's always about you. Like anything you get from looking back is gonna be a negative, right? reducing your aerodynamics you're putting a negative into your mind and you're not just focused on the fundamentals of doing what you need to do to complete your task whether you win or not is up to you you know but work on doing that as well as you can versus on fearing that you won't do well right and so that kind of brings us back to our stoicism at the beginning as well yeah i like that well, Amos, yeah, we, Amos, we get him started yeah. out, right, with some of the projects that we've seen from our other competitors that have have, have gotten out of here, making a xylophone, right? I think it was cool. Those sonorous rocks were cool. Yeah. So high iron, iron content, having a little fun, being a musician. Yeah, um, but he finishes up his his last couple fish and by the way that fish that he was eating was burnt as all hell <laughs> i was like yeah i was like whoa yeah hey, here's this it. fish it was black as hell right it was so burnt <laughs> i think he just yeah. smoked the hell out of it so that it he had to have last. lost yeah. some of the nutritional value on that bad boy but just <laughs> you know you black can't and out of its mind <laughs> but yeah i feel like i'd err on that side i'd rather err on that side than underdoing it and having it yeah inedible but anyway so he runs out of fish and then you know kind of throws the hail mary with constructing a a new lure an untested yeah. that was interesting lure. yeah and uh and then went out and he really did put it he went to task, just sat out there for hours and hours casting over and over again. But uh, yeah, and it was you different. Could tell it was kind of like a spinner, was, right? It was a it. like, what do you think about that? That spoon lure he made, it was, I guess, trying to make a spinning motion, trying to be more attractive to the fish. He was, yeah, I mean, that's one of the 
all-time greatest lures is just the the old school spoon you know those 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 came about for a reason they were super easy to make you just bent them out of like a flat piece of metal and uh yeah one of the greatest lures of all time is the daredevil it's just uh shiny metal on one side red on the other side with a white stripe and it's like one of the most iconic fishing lures ever made and that's all it is so Mm -hmm. he's basically recreated that yeah so that was pretty interesting too because he doesn't have a lot of experience fishing um but he had enough kind of like Callie too right with her she said i haven't done too much fishing but she made her gill net like people you don't have to have all the experience to know and be able to adapt you can take experiences that you've had in other areas and adapt them to new areas if you have that as roland says woodsy nature right <laughs> um so I, I was rooting for him for sure when he's casting off those rocks and, and hoping yeah. for him. But he's in a situation that a lot of the people we've seen before are into where got a lot of lactic acid buildup, right? Muscles are getting fatigued. Motivation cold, is getting low, cold. so yeah. cold, like just not feeling like he's thriving at all. It's real tough, though. Again, if we uh, let's just again put ourselves back in Callie's shoes, who we're all giving big cred to. Say, you know, she gets this porcupine. She still needs a what's next moment. Yeah. She needs to figure out what that next source of fat is going to be. Yeah. Because right now, that's her. That was the as far as we know the last play. And for, um, you know, a most he really didn't have a long term strategy. He was his what was he going to do? Go one fish at a time and just hope to, you know, luck it out kind of. It just well, and you can see it in Callie's face too. And we've seen it in past seasons, right? That the starvation is ki- kicking in. So, as much positive attitude as you have, that's not going to yeah, beat no. out star- <laughs> That's not going to beat out starvation. And the thing we know right about starvation from a survival perspective is it creates a euphoria that can make you overlook your physical needs, right? Or your well-being. You thinking of old Dave from back in the, the days where like, he didn't eat a single exactly, one of his fish. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He said, yeah, I've, I've got all these fish. I've got so much left, but he wouldn't eat them. Um, and so, yeah, like, your body is naturally programmed to kind of, when you're starving, give you this last ditch effort to push, right? Just like we were talking about earlier about that lion who's trying, like using his last bit of energy to get that kill. Mm. But that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Um, Your adrenaline can get you to use the maximum amount of your muscle uh, tension that you're able to do, but the consequence can be breaking your bones, right? Um, So if it's your last ditch effort and you're gonna die anyway, great, right? But that's not necessarily something you wanna cash in on unless you really need to because of the the risk reward benefit there, so. So yeah, we get the, uh, the, the climactic finish, you know, he doesn't catch any fish makes the call says you know come pick me up and then next thing you know shelter's on fire and uh i've seen that before 
<laughs> the funny, yeah, the funniest part of that whole thing though is him, like, no matter what, filming it, which is like they must just have them so trained, trained up on yeah. that because I couldn't believe and he grab he grabs he, the memory cards too, like he leaves the batteries, but he gets the memory cards out. <laughs> yeah, think about that. If he didn't grab those memory cards, does it just mean they just wouldn't have footage of him from? Well, and I was yeah. contemplating too. I was like, hey, it seems like a Moses filmed less. But that wasn't the reason why he filmed less. He got all the memory cards out. Like the batteries are what blew up. Like he just didn't find occasion as much to film as, as some of the others. But to be able to film that was pretty impressive, right? Just to say, hey, here I am in a pretty precarious life-threatening situation. I'm going to park my tripod over here, watch my shelter burn, grab these memory cards, uh and (laughs) sketchy too with batteries blowing up if he would have been reaching in there and battery (laughs) acids flying all over that could have got those are like little bombs yeah so probably not good for the environment they're worried about killing a fox but uh yeah yeah but plastic (laughs) and fucking battery acid anyway uh we should probably get wrapped up here but just um we got three characters going into the final episode. Do you guys again want to make predictions on on who's tapping and what, what days? At this point, we can start to almost guess the day. Yeah, we got about forty days to go. It's amazing, isn't it? We've only got one episode left, and we've got forty days uh, to go. That's not that much less than half, right? That's pretty impressive. Blake, who do you think's going out? And when Who's going out next, um, I don't think Kylan. I mean, I, I always we always underestimate Kylan, but I just don't think always. she got much more. You know, I, I, I think if she, I, I think Callie's gonna have a second burst if she gets some ice, some some frozen ice that she can get out on and, and do some fishing. And then, yeah, so I think Kylan's next. Then Obviously, Roland's going the distance, in my opinion. But I think he's going the distance too. I think there's the possibility that I know you guys felt like it was resolved, but like Callie might chance it on eating this meat, and I still don't know. Again, I this is very uh, you know city city boy of me, but I I just don't know if she eats some of that. I think it's possible she gets sick, and then she's gonna have to tap, and it could be only a couple of days um i think that that could be true but i just looking at the faces right knowing anorexia Mm. and looking at the faces of roland kylan and callie callie looks like an anorexic malnourished person kylan and roland don't so i would say regardless of positive attitude like i said like you can be starving and feel pretty good because your body is trying to keep you from dying. But I don't see that porcupine being enough for Callie. I think she's going to have some difficulty there. And I think that Mm. Kylan has the best potential for a long-term food supply. Uh, Roland is woodsy as fuck. And I won't count yeah. him out because I think he's going to look in so many different directions. But Callie, I think, is limited. Um, She's hard up right now. Yeah. Yep. Her distance to her fish spot is tough. 
her, she took a big risk with that porcupine, a lot of energy expended. And I don't see maybe much more potential for her unless something changes. Um, and her lack of energy and her lack of muscle mass and all those other things will limit her and her ability to, she's not going to be able to hunt big game or any of those types of things. So, yeah. Vamos a ver. Vamos a ver. All right, guys. Cool. Well, stay tuned so, for next week. We'll next one's the big one. Next one's the big one. Should we uh, should we do anything special for the cast uh, for the podcast? Yeah, we is? should do it. Uh, we should do it outside in a snowstorm. Two hour special <laughs> podcast recording. You think Trader Joe's has some muskox? We could grab a couple. Yeah, a couple. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think we flanks. could all we could all get a stuffed crust pizza and uh, eat it and see what happens. Right? <laughs> okay. Well, well, there we go. Thematically, I'm not sure that's going to work, but okay, I'm in you know, at this point. We could right, go guys. instead of having not enough fat to see how much too much fat. Exactly. Might... <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna need some ranch then too. <laughs> we're gonna just do this thing up. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, right. hey, signing off. Episode ten. Post alone. <laughs>